Shut up and sit down. Welcome to the Roofer Report, brought to you by Roofer.com. All right, hey everybody, welcome back to the Roofer Report. I'm your host, Pete McKendrick. Uh, Happy New Year, everybody. Our first podcast of the new year. Excited to be here and uh, get this thing rolling again with some great new topics and some great new guests. So we thought we'd start it off this year uh, in-house a little bit. Uh, You know, normally we have a guest on from somewhere in the roofing industry. Uh, You know, this year we're going to start it off, kick it off here with Estawa, who's from our marketing department. And I think it's a, you know, a great time to talk about uh, some marketing topics and, and, uh, you know, lean into the new year. And, and I know everybody's kind of, you know, back from the holidays. Now we're trying to get our businesses in line and figure out, you know, what we're going to do, uh, going into 2023, what our goals are, you know, maybe we're looking to scale the business a bit. So, uh, you know, excited for this conversation and, uh, you know, hopefully we can give these guys some, some good insight. Um, so Astala, I'm gonna let you do a little introduction here, introduce yourself. So you guys can understand, uh, your background and, We'll go from there. For sure. Pete, thanks for having me on. I'm super excited to be the inaugural guest for 2023 on the Roofer <laughs> Report. For those of you who don't know me, I'm the content marketing manager here at Roofer. I joined just about eight months ago. I've been I've had a whole career of marketing spanning about seven years now. So before this, I've worked in a bunch of technology sp- spaces and a bunch of startups, and I've been doing marketing for service business as well. So even though roofing specifically isn't something that I've worked in, it is a service business. So the ins and outs of marketing in a service business, I've been pulling on those and talking to roofers day in and day out and working with folks like Pete and Nick on our team, who I know all of our audience is familiar with too, to learn the ins and outs of roofing and apply that marketing lens to to it as well. So through all that, I've been writing a ton of blog posts, been working with folks like TJ McCormick, the world's greatest roofer, as some of you might know him, to create content on TikTok and the like, and really been building out the content we have at Roofer to help roofers build their businesses to be profitable, but also sustainable so they can enjoy a great life as well. So we'll dig into a bunch of marketing topics for roofers in 2023. And uh, Pete, I'm excited to see where you take us with this. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be a great conversation. You know, it's funny, I've been I feel like the old guy in this industry now, I've been around here about six years. And, you know, looking back to the beginning when I first started, uh, marketing was almost never a conversation. Like when you talk to roofers, you know, I was on the CRM side and part of setting up their CRM was diving into their marketing sources. And, you know, so many times I can remember having conversations about, you know, hey, where are you guys getting leads from? And the answers were so simple, you know, like, oh, well, we put a yard sign in the front of every house. And, uh, you know, we get a hundred percent of our business from referrals or, mm-hmm. you know, our guys are out knocking doors, but it was very, um, traditional, I guess, in the way that we were getting leads. And, right. uh, you know, it was never a thought that we were like, Oh, you know, as a roofer, I'm going to have a TikTok account or I'm going to, you know, post content videos on Facebook. You know, I, I think it was very, very rare back then that you would see anything along those lines. So, it's very sure. interesting to me to see how much, you know, obviously the industry is evolving, embracing tech, but also embracing marketing and how prominent mm-hmm. of a conversation this one has become. You know, I think that it's really something that <clears throat> traditionally roofers have struggled with, right? Many of them have been burned, I think, in the past by, you know, we always joke on Facebook, uh, you know, uh, this this guy's got, you know, 20, 30 guaranteed leads for you. All you got to do is send him an instant message, right? And he'll he'll hook you up. 
right? And it's, you know, we joke about that. And and, and I think that yeah. some guys have gone that route and gotten burned or used some of these, you know, services that offer leads or supposedly- Because how do they leads. define a lead? I mean, they could say mm-hmm. 20, 30 leads and those leads could just be people who have roofs, but are they qualified? Yeah. Do they actually have a need for a new roof? So it yeah. starts with like how you de- define that lead for, for yourself. But I hear you, it's a lot's been changing, eh? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it has changed. You know, there's, there's so many things that I've seen evolve in this business and, and, and marketing is definitely one of them. And, you know, and I think a lot of that too, is that our marketing, our marketers in the industry have gotten better, right? I think the mm-hmm. offering from those guys actually doing the marketing have gotten considerably better. I think before, you know, the, the people who were doing the marketing were just these large agencies. Like I think of, you know, not to mention, not to call people out, but like an Angie's List or a Home Advisor, like that's who we knew of. Sure, roofers. That's who we thought of when we thought of like, oh, where can we get a lead from, right? We mm-hmm. didn't think of a smaller, uh, you know, marketing company. And the guys who had the forethought to go that route, you know, kind of got ahead of the curve. So, I think now the conversation has become so prominent that I think it's a major part of planning for roofers. Is okay, we have to really allot some time and thought and budget to marketing, right? Otherwise we're going to get left behind. You know, we can't just rely on the referral anymore. So, and I think that's why, you know, this leads into being a great conversation because I think that this year going into 2023 is probably going to be one of the, uh, you know, I don't want to say the year of the marketer, but it really is. You know, I think that it's the year that marketing is going to be really focused on by a lot of roofers and it's going to really set apart the roofers who are going to successfully scale and the mm-hmm. roofers who are going to struggle who don't necessarily adopt it. So, you know, I think like, what is your take on, I mean, you've only been in, like you said, you've only really been in roofing about eight months, but obviously you've gotten a glimpse into what roofers are doing in comparison to, you know, what some other industries have done. And uh, what are your thoughts uh, on roofing and, and marketing? It's a really interesting time. And I want to start with my, my timeline of being in roofing as only eight months, because I too feel that way of like, oh, I'm an imposter, but and why would folks listen to me if I've only spent eight months in this industry without ever ha- having stepped foot on a, on a roof? But the advantage that I think I bring and the unique perspective I think that I bring into this industry, which folks like you and the rest of the uh, people on our team have found so valuable, is that coming in as an outsider, someone with fresh eyes, I'm able to see it in a way that people don't when they've gotten used to doing things the way we've always done it, quote unquote. Right. So I want to start with that piece about referrals that you uh, be- began with about folks just putting signs on lawns of jobs, jobs they've done and relying on referrals for 100 percent of the leads coming in. I'm a big proponent of using your customers as marketing assets. But the problem that you and I know so well is that you can't rely on referrals to fill up your pipeline because there will come a time when that one person's house that you did runs out of people to tell about your services <laughs> exactly. and you can't rely on folks that you've worked on in the past to fill out your pipeline week over week or month over month if you're just leaving up to chance and the goodwill of folks then you're going to run into a, a point where your pipeline dries up because you haven't taken the deliberate efforts to be intentional about putting your net out there and bringing folks in to your uh, business your way so that's why although Referrals can be an important part of an entire funnel or a marketing effort. It can't be the only part. And I think you're absolutely right where this may not be the year of the marketer, but I think we'll see a lot of roofing companies put marketing as a top priority on their on their to-do list this year. And I'm excited to see 
the wave that folks like TJ McCormick has started on social and how that carries over to more and more roofers take things like TikTok, Facebook, and other social media seriously. And starting with the website, I know we put out a lot of great products too that people are starting to use on the website to bring people in, start providing estimates and quotes. And I think we're going to see a lot more of that happen as roofers kind of grow out of the way that they've always done things and start adapting and embracing technology and marketing in their sales processes and marketing processes too. Yeah, you make two good points. You know, like we often stress, uh, you know, being the neighborhood's roofer, right? And like mm-hmm. be, be the most prominent person in your area. But, you know, if you're just working off of referrals, like you could very easily saturate that market, right? And it's like, that's right. You know, you know, if you're just relying on the people that you've done business with in that neighborhood, you know, you could be potentially missing a lot of opportunities there. Uh, you know, in your own neighborhood and and slightly beyond if you're just mm-hmm. focusing on those referrals. So it's an interesting point. And I love the website piece because I think the website is really, you know, in today's day and age where, you know, it, it's very much a more savvy buyer who has instant, you know, information at their fingertips. You know, having that website is where you get to tell your story, right, as a roofer. And if I don't tell a good story there, I could very easily lose someone before I even know they're a potential customer. 100%. That story, I think, is a really fascinating part of roofer marketing as well. Because when we peel back the layers of what does it mean to market for a roofer, everyone always goes for this approach. Hey, I do XYZ services. It costs this much. Are you in or are you out? And they leave it at that. And that's okay. But the problem with competing on price is that it's a race to the bottom. And let's let's all be candid. We are all selling the same sort of service. We'll go up on a roof, we'll take a look at it, and we'll do what we do on roofs. But that's not all people buy. People aren't buying just the service itself. They're buying the story that you mentioned. They're buying who you are. They want to know, has this been a family business passed down through generations? What kind of service do you provide? And those bits of branding that help happens in the offline moments of a handshake or how you knock on the door or the way you present a proposal or a measurement or a quote, those are all part of marketing. So I, I would love to dig into more of that and make sure our listeners walk away with understanding that marketing isn't just a lawn sign or a Facebook post, but marketing starts with the conversations, the handshakes, and the stories that you tell your customers about who you are and why you do what you do. I think that's super fascinating too. Yeah, and it's a great piece. I think back to a company that I did that I worked with in the past. They're, they've been around for a long time. A company's called Bachman's Roofing. They're out of Pennsylvania. And I remember them uh, you know, being very like very high priced, right? Like they're one mm-hmm. of the more higher priced roofers in their market. And I said to them, how do you guys, how are you guys so successful being priced the way you're priced? You know, do you not, do you guys not come off your price? And they said, no, we own it. We own that mm-hmm. price. Like we go into a job and a customer says to us, well, why are you the highest price quote that we got? They explained to them why, you know, we're better because we install better materials. We offer better quality service. You know, we have, a better crew. We have our own crews. Like we, you know, we right. do this, we do this. Like here's all the reasons why we're better and what's justifying that price rather than saying like, oh, you don't like the price. Let me just race you to the bottom. Right. Like mm-hmm. let me just you lose a bit of respect that way too. Yeah, exactly. And that's what they yeah. said. They said, you know, like we've built this uh business on like a respect model and our street credibility, you know, by saying like, hey, yeah, we're not the cheapest price in town like we're not the cheapest show in town but there's a reason for it like Mm -hmm. we're not cheap because we're better 
that's why we're not cheap. Right. And I, I thought, think the word, yeah, I think the know, word that they act on is reputation, right? Absolutely. And them owning that was probably like, it was a real eye opener for me because I think, like you said, I think uh, traditionally the thought is like, Hey, here's what I can do it for. Right. Like that's right. my marketing, you know, like I'm, I'm offering these services for this price. Oh, but if you don't like that price, let me see what I can do to potentially compete on price. Right. And it's slope. Not, yeah. It's not the best approach. And I, I, it was very eye opening for me when they said that and said, you know, like, Hey, we don't budge on price. We justify the price. And it's a completely different approach. I think than a lot of guys have, and it's a very smart approach because then it, like you said, it builds you a lot of, uh, builds you a great reputation to say mm -hmm. like, Hey, we stand by our offering and we stand by our price because we can prove it. Like we can prove that, you know, we deserve to get paid that. And, uh, you know, that was really interesting and it, it plays right into like what you said. And I bet you would say that their customers love them and are probably loyal to them year over year. Right. Oh yeah. I mean, they have, you know, they're literally in this very small area of Pennsylvania and have built a gig gigantic business, you know, a very, very good, uh, solid business there. And, you know, in an area that you would never expect it because they right. built such an incredible reputation out there. And that's what I would love the roofers listening to take away from a story like that, from an example of Bachman's because marketing, I, I totally get that marketing can have a slimy connotation to it. It can seem like you're persuading folks to pay more for something they can get cheaper or part with their money in a way where they feel deceived. But if you flip the script a little bit and look at marketing simply as managing your reputation and how your neighbors see you, I think you'd be a lot more invested in it, not just financially, but emotionally and energy wise too, to spend more time on marketing. Marketing is about how do the folks in your neighborhood see you? Who do they think of when they have a leak in their in their roof? Are you the first people they think of? Why? And if you are, that's a big sign of them trusting you and you having a great reputation in your in your neighborhood. So if roofers can start to look at marketing more as how am I seen in my market and why would people come to me when they can go to someone else for cheaper? That's when you start to really make strides in your marketing. And I want roofers to walk away with that and understand that the way they, again, shake hands, the way they introduce themselves and the way they talk about themselves too, the story they tell is all a part of their marketing. It's not just about a Facebook post or running an ad or hanging door hangers. It's about who you are and, and the story you tell folks about your business. That's all marketing. Yeah. And, and I think along those lines, I want to go back kind of to something that you said of, you know, just relying on that yard sign or something like that. Mm -hmm. I think visibility is a big piece, right? Like I think sure. of my town here, right? And I have, uh, we have a roofer here who is the prominent roofer by far that, you know, like if you were to ask somebody who's a roofer in town, I guarantee you probably eight times out of 10, his name's going to come up. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of it, he, you know, I don't see him running a lot of Facebook ads or things like that. But what I do see is I see him a lot. I see his signs a lot. I see his trucks a lot. I see, you know, him working on roofs a lot, right? So it's just a visibility thing. And I think that, you know, it speaks to kind of what you said, like, let's not rely on just that yard sign, you know, running other things, right? Adding other things to the funnel, uh, whether that be Facebook ads or whatever the case may be, you know, I think just having multiple avenues of visibility and allowing, you know, that consumer to see you multiple times, you know, I think yeah. it, it makes you more prominent, right? It makes you more top of mind. It also makes it also makes it easier for them to trust you because let's say you do have a bunch of lawn signs up across the neighborhood. So when you do have that happening in specific areas and then you go door knocking or you go cold calling, the person, the homeowner on the other end of the line might not need roofing services, but they'll pick it up and be like, oh yeah, I've seen your signs in the neighborhood. 
Right. That takes it from being a stranger to being someone more familiar. But if the other, if the opposite occasion occurred where they had no signs or no signage whatsoever in the neighborhood and they called someone, that homeowner would say, I've never heard of you and I don't need your services right. or hang up right away without doing that courtesy. So what's important there, Pete, to take away is having those pieces up, whether it's on Facebook, online, or in real life in the form of lawn signs or door hangers, is all about being present. And that presence over time builds you trust and opens the door. It's like when you go to a cocktail party, if you just show up and try to butt into a conversation full of strangers, you're going to get shunned and people won't be welcoming. But if you hang around the circles, listen in, look for an opening to come in with a thoughtful response or a thoughtful question, then the circle opens up to you for you to bring your shoulders in with the folks that you just met. So approaching marketing like a cocktail party is also a great way to think about how do you help the neighborhood become familiarized with you before you start knocking on doors. And when you do go knock on doors, it'll make your time doing so a lot more friendly because you'll get much less doors slammed in your face when you're doing that. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And, and that brings us to a good point. The knocking on doors part, right? Because I think that, you know, a, a lot of times I know like in Facebook groups, right, you'll see people ask questions. Oh, I'm a new roofer. You know, how do I get out there and get some leads? And everybody says, put in your shoes, go mm -hmm. knock some doors, right? Like we think of that as being something that you do when you're first starting out. And then once you're, you know, established, then you can move away from knocking doors. But, you know, I see a lot of successful roofers. Uh, you know, I think of the TC backer guys right now uh, that are sure. still out there. You know, that's a very big successful company that's still out there every day, hustling, knocking doors. Right. And I think that, uh, you know, they're finding a lot of success in it, you know, and I, and I think that, you know, it's something that, like you said, ultimately at the end of the day, like it's still a big part of it, right. That's mm -hmm. still, you know, selling a roof and, and getting yourself out there and getting, you know, that visibility and, and getting that recognition that the, like, Oh, I feel comfortable with this guy. I trust him. Right. I've seen his signs. Right. But, but the door knocking piece, I think is still a big piece. Mm -hmm. I don't think you can forego the basics. I think, Marketing is a stack. It's a stack of activities. It's a stack of tactics. It's a stack of skills. You should never, ever be doing just one thing. There is no silver bullet or magic bullet for your marketing efforts. They all work in tandem. It's like if you're riding a bike, you have to be pedaling both ends and you can't just, you know, forego one end and hope that you, you keep coasting the entire way. You need to do the door knocking in tandem with social media and tandem with ads. But that's not to say that when you start out, you have to do everything. One question that a lot of roofers and people in the surface industry in general ask is, where should I start? Do I have to do all of the all of the social medias all at once? Do I have to do everything all at once? And the answer to that is no. There's this Venn diagram that um, I think people can visualize that helps them understand where they can start doing a lot of their marketing efforts. And it's a three circle Venn diagram. So one circle looks at what are you naturally good at? with Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, with every type of social media, there is a certain type of input. For example, if you're a great writer, you might wanna go on Twitter. If you're great at taking photos, you might wanna go on Instagram. If you're great in front of a camera and love talking, you might wanna go on TikTok or YouTube. So understanding where your strengths as a business owner and a communicator lie is the first step. Second, you wanna look at what's the easiest way and the cheapest way for you to get started? What's the most accessible way for you to start creating content? It might be expensive for you to upgrade your camera or go buy a new laptop, but if you have a phone that you can start making videos on or a keyboard on your phone that you can use to start writing posts, that might be the way, cheapest way for you to get started. And then third, you always wanna be fishing where the fish are. 
So what that looks like is where are the homeowners or the customers you want to work with spending time online? In your neighborhood, do they spend more time on Twitter or on Facebook? Do they have like an HOA neighborhood group that you can go on? Is there like a buy, sell marketplace that you can promote on? And the intersection of those three circles of where do people hang out? What are you good at? And what's the cheapest way to get started with? That intersection is where you want to start marketing. And then slowly over time, as you get leads, almost automatically or in a predictable way, month over month, then you can start branching out as you have the funds and human resources to do so. As you start growing a team for people to look after maybe Facebook or someone to go uh, knock on doors while you have other guys on the roof doing the job, then you can start expanding and stacking. But marketing is kind of like a Jenga tower. If you start pulling out too many bricks, if you start, if you stop doing door knocking, you stop doing Facebook, that whole thing will get wobbly. And eventually there'll be one piece you pull out that makes the whole thing collapse. So, like Jenga, you also have to build it up slowly. And then once it's structured properly, be careful about what you take out and be thoughtful about reducing efforts only in the places where it doesn't make sense for you to do so anymore. So that approach of like that Venn diagram and the Jenga tower, I think is a good visual for people to think about. What do you think, Pete? Oh, absolutely. I love that approach because I think in our mind, you know, as roofers, we think, oh, if I start posting on Facebook, I can replace door knocking or I can replace yards. You know what I mean? Like I can replace something that I was able to, to a degree, but it's up to your own discretion to understand and have your thumb on the pulse of like, how much can I reduce it by? And it won't be the same for everyone, right? Ty Backer may be door knocking at a certain volume because of maybe who he's selling to the neighborhood he's in, but maybe Bachman doesn't have to do as much because of, again, where they're selling and who they're selling to, their pricing. There's a lot of individual and unique factors to the business that can get factored into what does your marketing stack look like? Sure. So let's talk a little bit about content, right? So um, let's say I'm a roofer, right? And I'm going to produce content. Maybe I'm on, you know, I decide I'm going to write some blog posts or maybe I am going to get in front of the camera. Mm -hmm. What is the best type of content, right? To produce as a roofer. Um, You know, I think that obviously we're seeing a lot of people get in front of the camera now. Um, You know, I think initially it was, you know, you know, I think back to everybody's like website, right? It's just an about us page that essentially describes, you know, how long we've been a roofer and, you know, whether it's a family business or something like that. And now right. we've progressed into, you know, guys that were showing their job sites, you know, maybe they're doing drone flyovers or something like mm-hmm. that, you know, showing their work. And now they're starting to turn the camera on themselves and become more of a personality uh, themselves and, you know, and, and making some genuine content that way. So, is it a combination of all of those things? Is it like, you know, is there is one better than the other? Like what type of content should I be producing if I'm a roofer? Great question. And this is definitely another one of those one-on-one like obstacles that people can get tripped on. So I'm super excited to jump into this. I want to pull back to our earlier point where we talked about people selling just the service and the price at the end of the day. And that factors into what you what kind of content you get started with. Because people know that you can more or less do the job. But when it comes to roofing and service industries and hiring the right type of experts, what homeowners and customers really want to know is what is it like to work with you? And if you can create content that answers that question, makes them feel comfortable about working with you, they'll be excited to hire you no matter what your price is. So that's why folks like Bachman can get away with higher prices because the customers that they work with are excited to work with them. So what does that look like in practice? What kind of content is that? Content like that looks like 
hey, we just did this project. Maybe you turn the camera to yourself and talk about, hey, we did this project, but also walk the viewer and potential customers through who are the homeowners? How did you meet them? How did they find you? Why did they choose you over the competition? And how did you kind of help educate them along the way to understand what they really need? If you can document what it's like to work with you through a case study or a real project, then the person who's viewing that piece of content who can be a potential lead will feel a lot more comfortable because they've seen the ins and outs of what it's like to not just hire you and not just get the job done, but all the in-between. Because on your website and in your flyers and all that, people can see the beginning and the end. The beginning is the before of a destroyed roof by hail or a ugly roof, and the end is a new pristine roof. They know what the results are, but the big question mark that makes homeowners and customers uneasy is, where are you going to be in that between phase? Am I going to enjoy working with you? Is it going to be a pain to get you on the phone? Are you going to be rude? Is it not going to be a good time for me? That's the type of content that really goes the mile. So that's a great way to get started. Just when you're on jobs, share the process. But also don't be afraid to do those beautiful drone shots of flyovers of like, hey, here's the job that we did because we're very primal creatures at the end of the day. We love shiny things. And if we can see a great video like that that shows off this awesome new roof from all the angles, a top-down view, the homeowners coming out and being amazed at the roof after you've done the job, that's also going to go very, very far. But if you have to choose and you're limited in your time and your capacity to create content, I would highly encourage new roofers to start talking viewers through jobs that they're doing or jobs they've done in the past as well. Do you think that's a good place for roofers to start? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a great point. You know, coming from a GC background, not a roofer background, you know, mm-hmm. on the GC side, that's a lot of times that's a huge piece of why a customer will pick to work with you. It's not so much about the finished product as it is. Are these guys going to be easy to work with? Like these guys are going to be in my house doing yeah. stuff. Am I comfortable with them? Right. Do I, you know, respect them for what they're doing? Are they professional? Like all mm-hmm. of these things are big selling points when you're picking a general contractor that's potentially going to be, you know, cause I think it's different in a way, but not really, right? I think we think of it differently because we're like, oh, well, if I work with a GC on this big project, he's gonna be at my house for three months, right? So obviously I wanna take the time to really educate myself and make sure I make the right selection because I'm gonna be stuck with this guy for a really long time or this project's gonna be a complete disaster. It's like a short-term marriage almost. Right, right. Very much so. You know, and some of these projects, I mean, we built houses that, you know, took by the time it was designed and built, you take almost a year. Right. So it's like, I mean, you're talking about a long time of working, you know, side by side with a customer and and all of the the things that go with that. You Mm -hmm. know, and I think that because of that, the customer is much more calculated about choosing it. And I think that you have to put your best foot forward and, and really like you said, you almost have to prove like, why am I the right guy to work with? Not even necessarily the finished product that I'm going to produce. Obviously though, they're going to want to see yeah. that right? because if I show you, you know, a picture of the kitchen that I built and you're remodeling your kitchen, you're going to be like, Oh, wow. You know, like I want my kitchen to look like that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, a lot of it is just the customer thinking to themselves like, okay, this, I'm going to have this guy in my house for months you know, do I want to deal with them? Right. Like, and so I think that we overlook that as roofers because we think, well, ah, oh, the project will just be so quick and, you know, I'll be in and out and it, it won't be a big deal. Everything takes longer than expected too. Right. And we lose sight of the fact that, you know, that's a huge selling point, right? Like if mm-hmm. you're easy to work with and the customer, you know, 
is going to enjoy working with you. And like you said, even be excited to potentially work with you. You know, uh, I think that that's a huge point, you know, that we overlook, like the customer should want you there. Like, yeah, yeah, we want the customer. We want to close that business, but we want the customer to want us there. Right. Because, you know, we, I think there's a sense of urgency there that we could capitalize on as a contractor. Like, Hey, you know, sought after contractor. Yes, exactly. To have me. Right. And I think that that's an approach that we don't often take. Uh, as a contractor, you know, and so I think that there's a, a point to be made there as well. But yeah, it's totally. interesting coming from the GC background, because I think there's much more of a uh, approach around the whole journey than just mm-hmm. like, that, like you said, than just the before and after uh, that I think we could learn something from there in the roofing side of things. Yeah, two points there that I want to pull out and then kind of expand on is one, I think it should be an overall North Star or overarching goal for every roofer to become the roofer that their customers brag about. The same way someone would brag about getting like a Gucci belt or like a or like a Louis Vuitton a purse. If you can become that roofer that homeowners brag about that the Joneses down the street are telling their neighbors like, oh my God, we got Pete to come to our roof. You won't believe the work he's gonna do in like in like a month. That's an amazing goal to become because now you take referrals to a new step. You become a status symbol almost for your neighborhood to go and want to seek you out. And then when you build that demand, point number two is a lot of roofers and a lot of roofing websites, you'll notice the simple call to actions on their website are get a get a quote, get an estimate, and they leave it at that. But instead, a, a small switch they could make that really helps that could really help to generate more leads and fill a pipeline months down the line is book your spot book your spot now or reserve your slot now if you can yeah. show people that hey i'm t- i'm only taking um reservations or bookings for my time and my guys time a month and a half out so if you want a job done get on the counter now that also creates that demand and that sense of urgency that you mentioned and scarcity where you have the reputation that people are coming to you because they know how good you are but if you start turning people away because hey you either meet my price or my timeline or I can't service you, then you become this rare object that people want to work with and you have a line out the door. So you move away from being the emergency roofer that people call when something happens to being the roofer that people line up for because they want to work with you and they're excited to do so. So those are two points that I think roofers can start to kind of strive towards as like an end goal or a place they like to be. Yeah, I love it because I think, you know, some of these markets have gotten so competitive too that it's a great way to stand out, right? Like it's Mm -hmm. a great way to say like, hey, we own being this like sought after roofer, like we're the high end guy that everybody wants to work with as opposed to, hey, we're just another guy out here, you know quoting <laughs> yeah another guy knocking doors and quoting like you're, you're just going to throw our our quote in the stack right so yeah um yeah i love the idea of really standing out yeah and, and really pushing the journey and being like hey this is why you want to work with us and uh you know like like you said kind of pushing that sense of urgency that hey this is not only why you want to work with us but here's your chance to work with us you know while we're yeah. here because you know once we go down the road like you may lose us to somebody else right that's so, right i think another really cool way of looking at it too is Every city has neighborhoods of different statuses or different statures. Like in Toronto, for example, the roofer that serves the luxury homes, the $5 million, $10 million homes in like the bridal path area, they're not going to be the same roofers that work on or prioritize the roofs that are in like a, a junction area or a Rontas Fails or a area that's a little lower income or uh, lower house value. And the folks who live in homes in the bridal path they're not going to seek out roofers that don't work on their type of homes. So that's another 
niche or positioning perspective that roofers can also take? Do I want to be known as the roofer that does all types of roofs? Or do I want to be the kind of roofer that does one specific roof for one type of person in one neighborhood? Because that focus also builds your reputation. You don't hire someone who can do anything and everything. You wouldn't hire necessarily a GC. You wouldn't feel as comfortable hiring a GC to do your roof as you would hiring a roofer who's done that specific thing for 10, 15 years. So that approach is also super interesting for roofers to take into account. I would love to see them, more of them doing that in 2023. Yeah, I love that. And let me ask you a question because you talked a little bit, of, you touched on the website thing, right? On sure. the call to action on the website. How important do you think it is to drive traffic to their website? Uh, you know, like we talk a lot about, um, you know, you see a lot of these guys out there and, you know, I know like a lot of their yard signs just have their phone number on it, right? Like mm -hmm. they, don't, they don't have a website on it. I know roofers that don't even have websites, right? So how important is Oof. it to have a good website and to drive traffic there? Let me put it this way, Pete, for everyone listening. Your website is the salesperson that never sleeps. If you only have your phone number on a lawn sign or no website at all, you can only handle so many calls at one time. If you got three calls coming in at once and you're that lucky to be in that demand, you're going to lose out on two potential needs because you, only, you can only pick up one call. But if you have a website that's working for you around the clock, that website can work on a one-to-many approach, whereas you or your salesperson can only work on a one-to-one -one approach. The biggest downside of this human touch that's so sought after of pressing flesh and getting on the phone, the biggest downside of that is you can only get on one call at a time, shake one hand at a time, but your website, your content on social media, that can be engaged by and seen by hundreds, if not thousands of people at the same time around the clock. So for folks that don't have a website, make that your 2023 resolution to get a damn website for your roofing business. When you yeah, have that, well, I was just going to say it speaks to how important the content on that website is, you know, totally. and how important it is to have that website set up correctly. Because, I mean, you see all kinds, right? Like you see websites and this not just in the roofing business. I mean, I see, uh, you know, businesses all the time that I look up and sometimes you're blown away by their website and think, mm -hmm. wow, this website is fantastic. Like these guys obviously have it going on, right? And yep. then other times you log into their website, especially nowadays when you are uh, logging on your phone. from your phone, right? Yep. If it looks sloppy because it's not even like a phone friendly version of that website, potentially like that, that's a turnoff, right? As a, as a potential customer, right? If I can't find the information I'm looking for, or it just looks jumbled and unprofessional, mm -hmm. you know, that's probably going to turn me away, right? So it just speaks to how important that website is uh, in today's day and age, because you know, I think it's like one of the first places we go for everything. 1000%. There's two principles here, Pete, that I want to share with roofers on that end. One is that when you think of your marketing, you should approach it with the intention of, I want to be an educator and I want my customers to find what they're looking for at all times without me. If you flip that switch from, I want to sell more roofs to, I want to be the guy who teaches homeowners about their roof you'll see a lot more leads come in and your approach to creating content will also change to be way more helpful and welcoming rather than way more salesy and pushy. So that's one principle that encompasses how they should look at marketing. And the second piece that I want to share is something I call the five W's of an effective marketing plan. And it's fairly simple, but it drives, drives marketing efforts a long way. And those are Number one, who are you speaking to? The homeowner, what neighborhood do they live in? What kind of home do they have? What kind of roof do they have? Where do they look for roofers? So coming back to the 
fishing in the ponds where the fish are, what do they value? Do they value high-end services? Do they value reputation? Do they value stories? When will they be ready to buy? So it's not, you can't make a sale on the first lead. It takes time for them to be ready to buy. Maybe they have to see a bunch of lawn signs before they give you a call. And when they are ready to buy, why should you be the one they buy from? So they can go anywhere for a cheaper price or the same service. But what makes you stand out to be the person that they engage with for their roofing service? So those five W's, if anyone listening takes away one thing, it's that I want it to be that for our roofers. Those five W's of an effective marketing plan, just that alone, when you're calling someone door knocking or creating Facebook posts, that line of thinking will take you so far in your marketing efforts. You won't ever look back to life before the five W's. Well, you said something there that really kind of hit me, right? A marketing plan. How many mm-hmm. roofers actually have a marketing plan? And is that something that, you know, has been drastically overlooked by the roofers? It's like, hey, you know, I'm sure we have sales goals, right? And I'm sure we mm-hmm. have a plan around how we're going to execute production. But do we have a marketing plan in place for 2023? Like, have we thought that far ahead to say, hey, you know, what can we do from a marketing standpoint? What are our goals? What are we hoping to accomplish? Uh, and how we get there, right? Like, what do we, what are we, what's the goal? Like, is the goal to have a better website? Is the goal to have a website, right? Is the goal <laughs> yeah. to have, you know, are we, are we going, you know, going to be making posts on Facebook? Who's doing that? Mm-hmm. What is the content of those posts, right? Are we running ads? Like, who's coordinating those, right? So I think that that's a very important point that you made there. Just saying, you know, I caught that when you said marketing plan, I'm thinking like, how many roofers really have a marketing plan? It's so right? important. How important is that? Yeah, like you said, like all these roofers more or less will have a plan for how they're going to fulfill jobs and get them done. But we earlier we talked about predictability of your pipeline and not relying on referrals. Let's let's say referrals are your main source of leads. Do you have a plan and can you forecast how many leads you'll get from referrals in June of 2023? If not, you've got a problem. That's why marketing something you're in control of is so important. When it comes to marketing and building a plan, we can, that's a whole other podcast that we can film at a later date. But to keep things simple and to keep things prioritized for our listeners, when you're building a marketing plan, you want to look at your sales goals. And to do that, you can start with the revenue of last year. How much money did we make? Do we want to make a bit more than that? Do we want to make a lot more than that? All right. To do so, last year, how many jobs did we have to do? And then you kind of work your way backwards and reverse engineer that number. If you look at the number of jobs you did, how many calls or doors did we have to knock on to land those jobs? All right, how many of, how many of those people said no? As you start to work up the funnel, then you come to a number that becomes your goal of, all right, we need to reach X number of people every month because we know out of that, Y number will drop out and we'll be left with Z number that will actually turn into a job for us. And each job at ABC price will equal this amount of revenue. So just by looking at the information you already have in your roofing business, you can start to reverse engineer what a marketing plan might look like for you. So that'll be your North Compass, I think, for a lot of roofers this year as they start to build out a marketing plan. And hopefully one piece of that plan can be making a website if they don't have it already. (laughs) So I want to talk a little bit about a post that I saw on Facebook, and I think I I told you a little bit about it uh, earlier today. It was just around content, right? And, um, you know, Obviously, we have all of these AI tools that are popping up that have the ability to write your ads and write your blog posts for you and things like that. And and the post was around the fact that because of that, mm-hmm. those types of marketing will lose their, uh, you know, lose their effectiveness a bit because we'll know that they're probably being, you know, AI generated and not necessarily our... Uh, 
you know, what's the word genuine, I guess, right? They're not sure. genuinely coming from someone. So, uh, and that the video content will become more and more prevalent because they'll be able to see you on camera and therefore will know that it's a more genuine way of, uh, you know, of marketing yourself. So what are your thoughts around that? So this is such an interesting, exciting time for marketing because of these advancements in AI. And I'll start with the bit on the video versus written content. I definitely don't disagree with that. I think we've seen in the past few years, 2020 to 2022, how much video has taken off with the rise of platforms like TikTok, YouTube Shorts, Stories on Instagram, Snapchat, and every other social network that seems to have stories now. We've seen video really take off in a way that hasn't before. So video will continue on the tra trajectory in 2023. And because of consumers being way smarter than brands give them credit for, consumers will look past and scroll past written content if they see a video that's a lot more engaging. Having this face-to-face, -face, just seeing another person on your timeline is enough to have you stop scrolling and stop your thumb and watch that for a second or two before you move on. Written word is harder, harder to, to digest in that. So my advice there would be absolutely, if you can prioritize and create video, always go for that because that video later can be transcribed into text that you can post separately or into images or small gifs or smaller clips that you can chop up for social there's so many ways you can repurpose video but i also want on the ai end of things i also want people to realize that ai is not a replacement for you it's not a replacement for marketing it's more of a tool you can leverage to market faster and market more efficiently like, for example, a big uh, phenomenon AI that's uh, took, taken off over the past few months is this tool called ChatGPT3. And for folks who aren't familiar, it's essentially a chatbot that acts as a search engine on AI. So you can go to this chatbot, type in any prompt like, hey, give me 20 blog title posts for roofing uh, content that I can post in the Dallas area. And it'll give you 20 ideas for posts you can write around that topic. That's an example of using it as a tool. So if you're stuck on generating ideas or you don't know what to talk about, use tools like AI, ChatGPT3 to create those pieces for you so you can start off of something and you're not starting from scratch. So that's an example of using AI as a tool instead of a replacement. When we come back to telling your story and being, and one of the reasons people wanna work with you is what it's that process instead of just the end result, you can deliver the end result in so many cheap shortcut kind of ways but the way people work with you, that is something that can't be replaced by AI. So look at AI as a tool to augment what you already do or to refine what you do, but not to do your job for you. Yeah, it's a great, a great insight on that. Because I think that is something that is coming up, right? And how do we effectively mm -hmm. use it? So I think that's great, man. Um, man, I... I I appreciate you coming on and I think this has been some awesome stuff. I think that, you know, I don't want to go too long here, but I think that that's been some great insight and, uh, you know, just some huge takeaways for me. Uh, you know, the five W's thing is great. Uh, having a marketing plan, I think is something mm -hmm. that roofers can really look at. Like we said, if you don't have a website, <laughs> uh, jump on us, right away. Mm -hmm. Right. But one of the things that really struck me is I think that, from a marketing standpoint, we always think of the, you know, marketing as like stepping stones. Oh, I'm going to door knock. And then once I get enough funding, I'm going to, you know, hire an SEO guy, or I'm going to go to here and do, you know, Facebook marketing or Google ads instead of building on itself. Right. And I, I think that that's a very, very important point that I think we don't often think about is, Hey, maybe we keep the door knocking and we mm -hmm. just 
you know, add another layer on top of that with our Facebook ads or our social posts or whatever the case may be, you know, and then we can run some Google ads and then we can do this and then we can just keep adding and and compounding because it speaks to all those things that we talked about, like your reputation and your visibility and your trust factor by having your, you everywhere, right. As opposed to kind of like the Jenga idea of, Hey, we'll pull this one out and replace it with this one. You know, eventually that whole thing's going to crumble on you. So uh, yes, there's some great information there, man. I really appreciate you coming on and, uh, what a great way, I think, to open 2023 on the podcast, you know, keeping it in house, but, but definitely covering some really, really great stuff. No, I appreciate you having me on Pete. And, and more than anything, I hope the roofers listening and watching take something away. And, and maybe if they're watching uh, in 12 months later, they act on one of the things we talked about. I would love to hear from them. So for any roofer that took something away from this, that, that they actually implemented in their business, let us know at roofer on social, how this, how these tips work for you and what your marketing looks like. And we'd love to chat with you all as well, but Pete, I'll leave it to you to close us out. Yeah, man, I really appreciate it. I think that uh, we definitely need to do this again and and maybe dive a little bit deeper into that whole marketing plan idea. But uh, from all of us here on the Roofer Report, uh, thank you guys for joining us. Off to a great start here in 2023. And we, uh, we hope to see you next time on the Roofer Report. Thank you, guys.